back. Your boy, the nonprofit sector connector. Woo! Too much caffeine already, and it's only 10 a.m. On my way up to the attic, I grabbed two cups of coffee. Just letting you know, Philanthropy and Focus, that is the name of this program. And my focus is to do a couple of things each week here on the show. It is to talk to leaders of nonprofit organizations, and it is to help them tell their story and amplify their message. And that's what I'm all about. I'm all about the nonprofit sector. Of course I am, because I nickname myself the nonprofit sector connector. And that's what it's all about for me. It's all about bringing people together. I've been a connector way before I even knew what the heck that meant. I was networking way before I knew what that meant. To be honest with you, I remember being you know, in sales and business development many, many years ago. Started out as a professional sales guy with a company called ADP, Automatic Data Processing. Actually, um, 20 years ago to the day, March 21st, March 24th, 2003, I took a job with Automatic Data Processing in Bayside, Queens, and there began, uh, I guess really began what connecting for me would become. But I always felt like, look, if if, if somebody is doing something business or, or community related, and I meet somebody who's doing something similar, complementary, something that could be relatable to that other person, I'm like, why aren't we all sitting next to each other talking? So that always became pretty obvious to me. So then years later, I became this guy who was very well networked and very connected. And when I found my passion for the nonprofit sector, which is really my, this is a mission for me, uh, I said, that's it. I am the nonprofit sector connector. And this show, Philanthropy and Focus, is a platform for me to bring my colleagues, my friends, my connections, my relationships, who are leaders in nonprofit on the program, as I say, to tell the story, amplify their message. But really, it's about who is the leader, what is the organization, what are the programs, what's the impact, and how can we all help? How can I help? How can my relationships help? How can the other... See, I am the nonprofit sector connector, but I know other nonprofit sector connectors, if you will. And how can they help? How can, you know, I'll be honest with you. You know, I was on the phone with my buddy Brendan Levy last night, Queens Chamber of Commerce. If it wasn't for Brendan Levy, I don't meet today's guest, Justin Rogers from Greater Jamaica Development Corporation. By the way, good morning, Justin, as I'm like ranting. Good morning. How are you, man? Good, Tommy. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing incredible. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. We met at the, the holiday party at the Queens Chamber of Commerce, and I was like, Dude, you don't know me. I'm Tommy D. You should come on my show so we could tell the story. And now, three months later, actually, you know, right, that was right around the 23rd, 24th of December. So that's how how it took us to get here. So I'm glad we're here. It feels like sometimes when we pitch these things out that they're going to be, you know, like that's so far in the future. And then it's today, right? And then it actually, and and then it is the day. out. So we're going to get into a deep conversation about your background, the organization. You know, the last piece I'll make, I, I talked to Brendan last night and, you know, it's funny because it's all about the connections. It's all about the relationships. So Brendan too is a connector. He thinks about how can you make people get together? You know, Brendan's role gang, aside from being the lead singer of the Tommy D jingle for the show, which you'll hear when we come back from commercial break later on, but he, he also is the business development manager out at the Queens chamber of commerce. I work, I work very closely with both Brendan and Tom Gretsch, personal buddies and friends of mine. Tom Gretsch, the CEO of the chamber, who's been on this program, philanthropy and focus. And, for me, you know, to have folks like that, that I know, like just as a, for instance, I reached out to both of those guys the other day because I'm involved with the New York City Imagine Awards, which Justin, maybe we'll get into a little bit about the Imagine Awards today, but I'm involved with the Imagine Awards and we're looking to uh, increase the committee for the Imagine Awards. So listen, if you are somebody who is an influencer to nonprofits, if you support nonprofits, if you love nonprofits and you want to be involved with the New York City Imagine Awards and helping us get 
kind of get the word out, let me know, Tommy D at philanthropyandfocus.com, P-H-O-C-U-S, that's my email, philanthropyandfocus.com, P-H-O-C-U-S, how you spell focus. And then if if not, get me on the uh, social stuff, tommyd.nyc. Uh, you know, but it was just a matter of reaching out to Brendan and, and Tom at the chamber and saying, hey, I'm looking for some other relationships, some community-based folks. Uh, maybe you can help me with that for the Long excuse me, for the New York City Imagine Awards. I mentioned Long Island right there real quick, but the Long Island Imagine Awards, the event comes up in April. So look, Justin, I really, I want to make this about you. I want to make this about the organization. I'm going to read real quick. The Greater Jamaica Development Corporation is a 56-year-old 56 community development organization that promotes responsible development in downtown Jamaica and Southeast Queens. We are also a community development financial institution or CDFI that provides loans to small businesses in Southeast Queens ranging from $1,000 to $300,000. That stood out for me when I was reading that, you know, the other day, just because, you know, those are micro loans, right? Those are small loans that you know, business people might need to get started, small projects, things like that. So we're going to dive into that. But I want to read just some of your stats and then I hate to tell somebody else's bio. So I want I want to hear the story from from you about you, who you are, the whole thing. But uh, but magna cum laude in economics from Florida A&M University, master's degree in in management and business from Adelphi University out here on Long Island and received numerous awards, including the Queen's Courier. Shout out to Vicki Schneps and uh, and her son and the whole team over there. But uh, Queens Curry, Rising Star, 40 under 40. That is a group I can no longer be in myself, Justin, because I'm no longer <laughs> under 40. But I was a, uh, what was I? I was a rising star with Vicki and the team. Um, City and States, Queensborough, Influential 50, and Cranes, Notable Black Leaders. Just really, look, leadership, right? That's what we talk about on this program a lot. We talk about leaders. We talk about the impact. And most of the leaders who come on the show are like, hey, man, it ain't just about me. It's about my team. It's about the support. It's about the volunteers, about the community. And I'm sure you're going to tell me the same thing. Yet, my argument is, yes, but you need a leader. You need somebody on the front at the front lines. So without further ado, let's dive into it. Let's talk about your background. We'll get into um, Greater Jamaica, and then we'll just keep it, keep it moving throughout the show. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right, man. Tell me about you. Where do you where do you come from? What where do you where do you grow up? What what's the story, man? So, um, born and raised in Jamaica, Queens. All right. I actually went to um, Cardoza High School in Bayside. Sure. sure. And um, you know, I actually started at Great Jamaica seventeen years ago. Well, excuse me, April I think six will be seventeen years. So I've no been kidding. here seventeen years. Wow. You know, I think the reason why I don't think I know the reason why I'm still here is the fact that it's my community and, you know, I'm definitely making a difference in my community. So, um, you know, my intention when I first um, got here almost 17 years ago was never to be the president and CEO. It was just to help the community. And um, I'm still here. What did you start out? What was the role you started out as? I mean, you were coming you were, had come out of school at that point. You were still in school. Talk to us about that. No, I had. um I'm out of school and I was working in the, um, I was working actually doing community development in the South Bronx. Okay. An organization called the Sports Foundation. And I, I received another job actually at the city council and then a job opened here, which was, um, it was managing two programs. Um, one is the New York City, um, um, now it's called the Industrial Business Zone Program, IBZ Program. And then at the time, the state had a program called the Empire Zone Program. And those two programs were basically tax credit programs to not only attract businesses to New York City, 
but also to help businesses expand in New York City. So I managed those two programs for, I think, two years or so. Wow. Yeah. So again, never really, as you say, kind of had eyes on on being at the top of the heap, you know, being all the way up top there. But again, it, it's that that work you do in community. It's that work you do on the front lines that, you know, people recognize. I mean, I know in my notes here in 22, June of 22, you were unanimously voted president and CEO of this organization. Uh, you know, and that just comes, that's one of those things. And again, I can't speak to the organization, but I just know in, in other walks of life in my experience sometimes it becomes apparent exactly who is going to be in those roles because of the work they've done and the and the commitment they've made and in your case it sounds like that so what was there something i mean i know you have background in construction and, and some real estate background things like that was there did you always know like nonprofit was going to be the thing. I mean, you know, when I say nonprofit, nonprofit is such a, it's such a big number. It's such a big range. Cause I was writing this down earlier, healthcare organizations are nonprofit, social services are nonprofit, educational organizations are nonprofit. I mean, Greater Jamaica is, Greater Jamaica Development Corporation is a nonprofit organization, but at the end of the day, like we know, these are all businesses, right? right. So I guess my question is not, did you know you go into nonprofit? Um, did you always feel like you'd be, community involved, I guess is a better way to say it. So um, just to start off, you know, I found out about this job um, 16 years ago through um, the great Spigner. Okay. And, you know, he, he actually um, told me, he said, look, the city council's great. He was the city council for years and did a lot for, for the New York City as well as Southeast Queens. But he said, you will learn more at Greater Jamaica than you would well, anywhere else. And that's why I actually took the job here. Okay. Um, and, you know, I probably never thought that, um, you know, we're as we are not for profit, but we're different because, um, you know, we're in the real estate business. So right. we own assets. So we're landlords. Um, but we promote responsible development. So what does that mean? I mean, responsible development means that, um, you know, I would say about 10 years ago, there was no private investment in the air train corridor. The air train corridor is the air train Long Island Railroad Station. It was just no private investment. And in 2007, under the Bloomberg administration, there was a massive rezoning of 368 blocks. At the time, it was the largest rezoning in New York City history. And um, there was an upzone. So, I don't want to get into the details, but basically height limits went from 20 and 30 feet where you could build up to 290 feet. So let's let's get into a little bit of the weeds on that, if we could, because that that's game changing. Right. So now it, it, what is that? Because there's, there's a reaction to that, to that information. Right. That happens. And now. So you're saying air rights. Is it air rights? Is that the right term or, or is that not not accurate? Like, it's called um, floor floor FAR, floor area ratio. For area ratio, so you you could build up to you said what twenty feet, and then at the time, at the time you, could, you could build up to two hundred ninety feet. So that becomes super attractive right away, right? Like overnight, right? So that and who gets who gets excited about that? Let's talk about that. So I mean, honestly, it was you know in two thousand seven and two thousand eight we had the market downturn, right? So, I mean, that was an issue. So you still, we still were not able to attract private investment to the corridor. So actually what we did is, as an organization, we owned 10 contiguous lots. Mm-hmm. And 
we took that and we RFP'd it out to developers. And we you know we did that to facilitate development and private private investment interests in the corridor. What all right, so there's a lot here. So I, I want to, so when we, we're going to take a quick break because I want to get into this a little more when we come back. I want you to find kind of the specifics of the corridor, what exactly ge- geographically, what those blocks are and things like that. So people can, again, we're talking Greater Jamaica Development Corporation. When we say Jamaica, we're talking Jamaica, Queens, Southeast Queens area. That's what we're discussing, folks, here. So if you are listening in on some other parts of the world, Queens being certainly Tommy D's favorite borough out of the five. Sorry, everybody else. But um, but listen, let's go Mets, by the way. Um, but Queens, one of the five boroughs in New York City, assuming you're finding this in, I don't know, Adelaide, Australia, you might be listening to your boy Tommy D and you don't know about what Queens is. And, and you certainly probably don't know about what Jamaica Queens is. But again, Jamaica Queens is so much history. So, you know, uh, so many famous folks come out of Jamaica. Right. And, you know, and we can maybe get into some of that today. Um, but when I come back with with Justin, excuse me, Rogers, who's the CEO, uh, president and CEO of the organization, Justin, I want to talk about what the corridor is, sort of define it for people, right? Because then, you know, because I'm visual and, you know, we, you and I happen to be on video and audio right now, but some people might just be listening to this. So, by the way, what I want to shout out, folks who are listening uh, and watching, Greater Jamaica Development Corporation website is GJ dc.org g as in greater j as in jamaica d is in development and c is in corporation.org so check that out we'll share it on facebook as well justin when we come back let's do that let's define the corridor and then let's go back to this thing about these lots and what happened as you started to put those out for rfps that sound good yep sounds good all right we'll be right back philanthropy in focus business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections. They're moving good directions. So come through all the 
is my uncle, Brendan Levy, singing that tune. What a ditty. What a ditty. I, I think, you know, and, and in honor of, you know, having Jamaica Queens represented here on the show, I've been telling my buddy Mick Collins, we do need a hip-hop version of the Tommy D theme song. Mick, I see you on Facebook. I see you out there sharing the information for Greater Jamaica. So, uh so what do you think, man? Maybe there's a hip hop version of, of the of the Tommy D show song. So I, I I'm calling out all Queens based rappers who want to partner up with Tommy D. Would love uh, all of you to drop some bars for uh, for philanthropy in focus. Justin Rogers, welcome back. Welcome back from the commercial break. Uh, so listen, let's break that down. I mean, right before break, we talked about uh, let's let's just take a real high level. Define Greater Jamaica Development Corporation. Talk about the corridor. And talk about what, what the project was with these 10 blocks that you were able to put out for RFP. So the what we call the Air Train Long Island Railroad Corridor is basically Archer Avenue and Supton Boulevard. And um, Supton Boulevard runs north-south and an Archer runs east-west. Uh-huh. So Jamaica is the largest long LIR station outside of Penn Station. Yep. So the Long Island Railroad has 11 lines. Yeah. Ten of those lines pass through Jamaica. Change at Jamaica, right? That's exactly. Anybody, right? anybody who's hell exactly. forever. I used to. So I grew up. I was on the Hempstead line. You know, so oh, you'd yeah. come out of the city. I'd change at Jamaica for Hempstead. Change at Jamaica for pop, 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 Right? I mean, we always right. know that. Yep. I'll tell you. Look, real quick thing. The other day, I went in and I took the train uh, from Bayside, Queens. You mentioned Cardoza before, but I took the train from Bayside. And uh, I took it to the new um, Grand Central Madison situation. Holy cow, game changer, because uh, I was going to that part of town. Like, right. it was, you know what I mean? Like, versus trying to figure out, I would have walked a mile and a half or whatever, you know, figure out another way over there. But it was really a great way. So the LIRR certainly evolving, you know. So Archer, the Sutphin, that's the corridor. Thank you for defining that. So let's jump back in. Yep. So, you know, you have the 10 out of 11 Long Island Rural Lines. The only one is on um, Port Washington, which is, nor- you know, Northern Queens. And then you also have the air train to John F. Kennedy Airport. So basically on a daily basis, you have over 500,000 um, passengers passing through Jamaica, that corridor daily. Yeah, a lot of, lot of opportunity, a lot of eyeballs, a lot of dollars coming through, I bet, as well. Well, that's the that's the thing. We want to actually see more dollars. So we want, you know, we don't want to be a pass through point. We want to right. be a destination. Yeah. So so that and this isn't this didn't happen, you know, in the last six months. I mean, this is Jamaica has been, you know, just kind of frame a reference for for you and I. And I don't know if we talked about it. And, and you know, as much as this is a, a promotional show for your organization, it's you and me just chatting and kicking it and chopping it up. Right. So I grew up working for ADP, as I mentioned, ironically, today's 20 years ago, I took that job. But um, Southeast Queens was my territory. So you know, Jamaica, Jamaica proper, Cambria Heights, Laurelton, Springfield Gardens, down to JFK Airport. All, I think I told you this the other day, you know, I, so I spent a lot of time, um, uh, you know, working in the area. And there's been an evolution over the years, for sure, right? There, there's a revitalization. So maybe we could talk about that you know, even historically and then how it's kind of evolved now. Yeah, so, I mean... You know, Jamaica in the 1920s and 1930s was basically the shopping district of Queens. Um, at the time, you know, you had three depart- major department stores. You had uh, Macy's, Mays, and uh, Gertz. Okay. And starting in the late 1960s, you started to see some of the department stores leaving 
And mm. then people actually started to move out east towards Long Island. Um, that's one of the reasons why 56 years ago, Greater Jamaica was formed. Was in, in, in the reaction to water, the response to what? The, the, what was the... the like, so you had banks, you had not only people leaving, moving out east, but you had all of the major banks leaving as well. Mm. Um, and, you know, basically it was just development in the late 60s, early 70s in Jamaica. I think there was only one department store left at the time. Okay. Um, we were formed in 1967. And how we were formed was our founder and first president, Carlisle Towery, actually worked for the Regional Plan Association, which is a think tank. And um, he wrote a thesis on downtown Jamaica. Mm. And the, the business leaders in downtown Jamaica thought it was so great that, you know, they wanted to form an organization to try to um, to try to actually implement what he said in his thesis. Sure. And that's how we were actually formed. That's awesome. What a great story. You know, really just the, the history of the whole thing uh, and, and the piece of um, you're with me, right? Yep. Yeah. All right, good, good, good. All right, good. So just the history of the organization. I love those stories because, you know, it takes a it takes a leader uh, or team of leaders to really have a, a vision for something they want to do in, into the future. And I mean, for the organization to be sustainable all these years later and continuing to make an impact, that's super impressive. Right. I always tell you, I got to pause one second, everybody, because I remember when I was a little kid, we went to uh, Walt Disney World. And there was this guy, this little character called Figment. And it was like about like a figment of your imagination. And I I'm, I tell, I never intended on telling anybody this story about the figment. But if you Google it, you know, you might find it. Walt Disney World, it was probably in the, I don't know, the early mid 80s, I guess, 1980s. And it was a, he was a character, but it was like telling the story about having a figment of your imagination. My point is this philanthropy and focus was just an idea. It was just a figment. It was just something I imagined doing. And now boldly, I'll say it's a bit of a movement, you know, it's making an impact. It's, it's, it's highlighting and spotlighting nonprofit organizations for the work they do. You know, uh, Carlisle, Carlisle Towery was his name, right? This was, this was an idea he had to make an impact and 56 years later, it's still going. So I love those stories. So my point of that for you all who are listening, if there is some burning desire that you cannot get out of your head, just freaking do the thing, try it out. It may not work exactly. It won't work exactly the way I promise you it ain't going to work the way you thought it was going to work at all. And that's okay. Cause you tried something, you iterated, you figured it out and you go, well, that ain't the way to do it. If I'm not mistaken, you know, um, Edison with the light bulb, they say, I wasn't there, but they say he found 10,000 ways not to make the incandescent bulb before he figured out the way to do it, right? So this is what it is. It's about trial and error. And unfortunately, I believe in our society, we've said failure is a bad thing. Failure is not a bad thing. It's just the way we figured out that that ain't the way to do the thing you were trying to do. Anyway, I will try to bring it back to my conversation with Justin, but I try to inspire as we have these meetings. So... Let's ju- dive in. Let's jump in. Where do we programmatically, what, what are we talking about, man? What, what does this do for the community? How, how does the organization impact the community? And obviously, we want to talk about this co-working space as well. So I'll stop, I'll stop interrupting to the best of my ability. You take it away. Tell me, tell me the story about the programs and stuff. No, so let's just jump back into the housing. So yeah. we put out the RFP. It was 10 contiguous lots. And um, 
you know, we receive some proposals, but we always look at proposals to figure out what's best for the community. So what do we mean by that? In the RFP, we had certain income levels that we wanted the developer to meet. And, you know, we found that um, mixed income projects ranging um, from, I guess, 30% of the area median income all the way up to market rate and having people live together is one of the best solutions. Um, and I can tell you, so now um, we have um, a $420 million project. Um, it is 28 stories, um, 669 units of mixed income housing and two towers. And we have 40,000 square feet of retail. Wow. So, and, you know, look, you have um, anywhere from homeless up to market rate in that project. I love that stuff too, man. And, and I, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, TSI and why transitional services yes. for New York. So Dr. Larry Grubler has been, he was a second ever guest on the show. And I quote him a lot because we shout out to TSI and why, uh, you know, Dr. Grubler came on the show. That's an organization that serves 4,000 individuals with mental health issues in the five boroughs of New York city every year. I love them. TSI NY.org. But um, Dr. Grubler came on the show you know, and he said <clears throat> on the mental health side, <clears throat> excuse me, he had said, you know, Tommy D, we all need help. We all need support at different times. And I just do that I, as an aside. I just need everybody to know that from a mental health perspective, we got to keep having that conversation. But it's relevant to you, what you're talking about, because when you talk 669 units, some of those are going to be folks who were now we're taking off the street. Some of those might be folks, right, who who have addiction problems or or have mental health issues, right? So so now what we're doing is we're supporting the community. So when I heard you say the RFP goes out, you want to find out what best serves the community. And you didn't say to me, Tommy D, we're just trying to figure out how we can get the most money, right? No, you said, right, you didn't say, <laughs> you said exactly what I wanted to hear, right? That's the thing. Right. So, so stay with me on that. So $420 million, uh, 28 stories, <clears throat> again. Jamaica never went that high, <laughs> you right. know, right? That's big, man. That's, that's like, it's going to start. And you got the rail there, right? So isn't that going to, and you got the air train there. That sounds super attractive to me. You, what's that? You know this better than anybody, I bet. I get on the train in Jamaica to go to, to Manhattan. How long is that trip? Express train is a, 18 minutes. 18 minutes. 18 minutes from all that stuff you all want to see in the big city of New York. You could be in Jamaica, Queens. You can be, live in a 28-story building, right? And you're going to have 40 square feet, 40,000 square feet of retail, right? Do you, you like, when it, has that project broken ground yet or not yet? No, it's, it's complete. You have families living there. You got, it's complete. It's, so it's what's the, who are the retail tenants downstairs? So you have Chipotle, um, and then I think they have they're in the process of negotiating with other tenants. Um, but Chipotle has the corner space, so they're, they're a major anchor. Yeah, that's a big anchor for sure. We we love that. My one of my kids, she's always wants the Chipotle. She's always <laughs> asking me, like I'm like I'm not going there all the time. But they, they, people love the Chipotle. But again, this sounds a little bit to me, and we can talk about it when we come back. And this is more for for the local folks. But this sounds like a Long Island City situation, you know, where people were right when Long Island City got real hot there, you know, and people wanted to be because, you know, what is what it is. It's gets very expensive to live in Manhattan. Right. Mm -hmm. So people come out further out. Is it is it, just as a quick one word answer? Is it similar to that? Like this? No. OK, perfect. Yeah, we'll hear so, that. <laughs> but that's a perfect case, answer. It's cheaper. It's cheap. We'll hear more about that. I love that. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right. Philanthropy focus. <laughs> 
Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. And we are back so dramatic tommy D. all right so let's jump right back in so i started going on my whole tangent about long island city before this the answer is this is different tell me about the gentrification of this community tell me about the, the impact let's jump right back in i know you i know you're here to tell me about the project let's do it yeah so that's that's the thing you know i always get questions about you know do you see jamaica becoming a harlem or downtown brooklyn in terms of gentrification sure. And it's just not that. So when you go into these buildings, and let me tell you, these buildings are like they're luxury buildings. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have great amenities. And, you know, I know the, the Jamaica Crossing Project, which I'm referring to, has a um, a duplex sky, sky observation deck where on the 28th, 29th floor, you can see the Verrazano Bridge. Oh, you can man. see all the Manhattan skyline. It's beautiful. But, you know, when people ask me about justification, that's just not happening here in Jamaica. Um, mm-hmm. Two things. The first thing is, is that, you know, Harlem has um, a great deal of home ownership, condo. Mm-hmm. And right now we don't have that in Jamaica. Everything is basically rental. Right. And 95% of the projects coming online here in downtown Jamaica have some type of affordability component. So, you know, there's no gentrification. I asked people, it was like, when, when's the last time have you walked on Jamaica Avenue or when have you walked on something? Because you'll see that um, gentrification just isn't present here in downtown Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So uh, talk to me about that piece about how you're, um, it, it's, a, it's a requirement, it, it sounds like, for when these these uh, developers come in. It's a requirement to have, you know, multiple levels of, of housing income-wise and things like that. Well, this project specifically, we controlled. We controlled the RFP process. So we were able to dictate what we wanted to see in terms of um, AMI levels. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we can't some projects are as of right. Um, so we don't have control over those projects, but I can tell you that they're now in that air train Long Island Railroad corridor. Yeah. Not only is it this project, but there's a developer Artemis has two projects as well. They had, um, they started out with a 380 unit building, which is also, I think 26 stories. And then that project was so successful across the street, they built another 540 units. So in the corridor alone, you have about 2,000 units, and all of those 2,000 units are mixed incomes. That is so that is so important because, again, like, and, and I made the comparison, and then you you backed up the, the – it is not a good comparison, but we, we're agreeing with that, you know, compared to Harlem or downtown Brooklyn because, you know, in those, in those scenarios, what tends to happen is so, – Different folks, new folks come in, right? Some money comes in, and then those folks who have lived there for many, many years are are, are out. They end up getting get, getting pushed out, and and that's obviously from what I'm hearing, you know, culturally, that is not what your organization wants. It's not what the community wants, right? We want to improve uh, opportunities for folks who are in the community, not not have all their money come in, and then you know our people in the neighborhoods are are pushed out, right? I mean, that's that's the goal. That's the that's the effort. So, so when, when you review projects, um, is it a committee? I, I assume it's some sort of committee. Is it, is it, is it just greater Jamaica development folks? Is it other community, community stakeholders? I'm curious what that so, looks like. So it's greater Jamaica, um, staff members. We have a, a real estate team mm-hmm. and then we also have, um, an entity, which we have, we have a committee raised out of our board, created okay. out of our board. Yeah. And many of those people, many people on that committee are in the real estate business. Mm-hmm. So they work with the um, real estate team to analyze proposals. So some of those folks you're saying they're not employed by GJDC, but they, they're in the private sector and they, right. they're committee members. Are they board members as well? or or Some are board members, but some are not. Okay, cool. Awesome. Again, what better to have the specialists in community that can really bring back the data points, not to say your team doesn't have the data points, but, you know, there's that collaboration piece that's always that's that's always important. So I want to hear about because you and I talked about if it's good with you right now to move on to uh, the co-working, the nexus, because I, I haven't I haven't seen it. I want to come out. You know, I'll make sure to come out there in the next few weeks because I, w- I want to come for a tour. Maybe we'll shoot some videos, do some cool stuff. But yeah. tell me a little bit about that. How does that Who's there? Meaning, is it business? Is it is it community folks? Like, what's it all about? So we, you know, as I said, we're in the real estate business, and we actually have our headquartered building, which is located on 161st Street. Funny story, um, but it's true story. Our headquartered building was donated to us in 19, I think, 80 by Fred Trump. Oh, sorry, Donald okay. Trump's dad. The original. Uh, original. Yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't there, but I heard that Donald didn't want to do it, but his dad really pushed to to donate the building. Is that right? Uh, wow. And it, Yeah, you know, at the time it was, what, 50% occupied. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was donated to Greater Jamaica. Uh, we had to take out traditional loans, renovate the building. And then after that, we were able to attract um, not-for-profit tenants. So that being said, you know, we have several not-for-profit tenants um, in the building. And, you know, we found tenants approaching us who really couldn't afford traditional office space. Like they didn't want to have a, a, a five, 10 year lease, mm-hmm. but they needed office space and they did not want to work out of their homes. So um, 
my predecessor, Hope Knight, you know, really said that, you know, I, I think it's, and who now heads Empire State Development Corporation. That where she, I, I knew Hope before, years ago. Yeah, is it, she's, that's where she is? She's at Empire yes. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, she she said, you know, you know, we were strategizing, you know, what can be done. And we thought that co-working space yeah. be the key. Um, actually so, gonna, you know what, while you're talking, I'm going to share the website. So keep talking about Nexus, but okay. I want to sh- share it for folks because those of us who might be watching the video are going to get a, a, a good feel for it. So uh, keep going, though. Keep talking about that. So we, we actually purchased a um, commercial condo in a building around the corner. And um, I think that was closed in 2018. And then, um, the, of course, the project was delayed due to the pandemic. Right. Uh, and we, we were delayed probably about a year and a half, two years. But, you know, that commercial condo is over two floors. We have 18,000 square feet, fourth and fifth floor. Top floor is about 10,000 square feet of co-working space. Um, honestly, we have all types of different tenants. I mean, we have an environmental firm. We have a public affairs firm. We have not-for-profits who are here based in Southeast Queens who are members. Um, we, we have um, health care. Yeah. Um, you know, we literally had a soft opening in August 2022. I would say we officially opened in, I would say, October 22. We have um, 18 or so members now. Man, that's, awesome. that's That's definitely increasing. And, um, you know, something else about the spaces is that our business training facility on the fourth floor has state of the art technology. And, you know, we have a lot of local organizations um, using our business training facility for not only meetings, but for trainings and presentations as well. Let me just interrupt you one second, because yep. uh, I'm, I, I think I'm a prospect right now. Um, <laughs> how, uh, <laughs> how far is this from the Long Island Railroad Station? I would say about a half a mile. Half There's a mile. actually a bus that stops right in front of the the building and takes you directly to the station. And I, I use that, honestly. No kidding. All right. So first of all, now I'm enthusiastic because there's a podcast studio going on right here. There's Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the event space. Oh, man. I mean, just I got to say what's in my head. Let's use this, folks. I mean, let's get involved. Let's be a part of this. Um, How are there's uh, Senator Comrie, right? Um, Oh, and and Kathy Hochul, Governor Hochul's there. So how um, how how involved are you with the Queen's Chamber on something like this? Because this just seems like something that they could really help to support. I mean, I know we're live on a show right now, but I'm just wondering. I mean, I, I want to make sure they support this and help you out. I'm sure they are involved. Yes. You know, Tom Tom has been great. Tom at the yes. Chamber has been great. They actually had an entrepreneur um, contest where they had entrepreneurs who um, had been on basically space here. And I think they selected four entrepreneurs who now work out of the space and the, pay, and the queen's chamber actually pays for it i love that all right so check out gang that website specific i it came off of greater jamaica but uh greater jamaica's website but go to the greater nexus.com i'm not kidding man i mean i need it sometimes i got it when i'm in queens i need somewhere to crash and do some work and things like that you know like you know, you got these daily rates, thirty dollars for for a day. So, you know, if you're somebody, if you're a road warrior and you're just coming through and you need somewhere to kind of uh, to, to get some things done, get some work done, you have three hundred dollars a month. Um, that gives you unlimited access to the workspace, and then that's called. So, you got daily light plus, and then it goes all the way up to the private office. So, I mean, you know, listen, at this point, 
I don't think any of us are not familiar with the co-working model, you know, the, the, the big names out there, but this is, this is not only, you know, co-working, it's also supporting the community, which is, right. that, that's, that is so great. Events. What are you thinking about events and stuff like that? Obviously I saw that room with, with uh, all the seating and things like that, educational stuff. Um, I, I, I want to ask you about events, but I mean, it's only been four or five months, right? You said the soft kind of opening in August, but really October was it? Yeah, you know, we've we've um we've had tons of events since we opened. Um we we partnered with Ponce Bank on a basically a financial literacy um series to help people in the community learn about investing and investing with their money. Um last night we had our second annual Women's History Month event there. You know, we had over a hundred people, we had some great honorees. Um we had someone from the local NYPD precinct, Khadija. We had Michelle Starter. We had Deputy Queens, Deputy Borough President Ebony Young. And then we had AM Deborah Rojas, who is an architect and planner. We actually honor her as a small business. I love that. I love that. We got we to gotta recognize our community leaders for sure. And our community leaders are not only the, the you know, uh, the politicians. Our community leaders are those folks in the small, medium-sized businesses that are changing the world, right? We always hear about Main Street and how important Main Street is for for our communities. And it is those main street business owners. And uh, I, I want to be part of these things. And when you have them going on, man, and please share with me as we go forward and continue to develop our relationship, uh, any of these events that, that are, that are out there. So I'll watch social media for you guys and sort of, we'll go back and forth, but, but please your team, um, I, I just leverage me, utilize me to get the word out on this stuff as well. Um, so, so yeah, absolutely. So a- anything you want to tell me more about, um, about the nexus or you want to keep, uh, you know, kind of focus on a couple of things. No, like I mean, I, I, you know, I, I definitely hope that, you know, as the, as the weather starts to improve and it gets warmer, um, I, I do see that we've been getting a lot more drop-ins Yeah, you know, people who just drop in, they don't want to work out of their home. They'll come get a daily pass and drop in. Um, so, you know, look, we, we just want to see businesses grow. So yeah. I said to myself, I said, the goal is, is to get a sole proprietor or entrepreneur work out of the space um, for maybe a year or two, maybe three years. Right. And then grow to the extent where the space doesn't work for them anymore because they've grown their business. And then that's right. what we're going to do. Yeah. Well, isn't what's better than that? Like you see the little baby business, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, they got maybe they're on Jamaica Avenue and they got a retail location or something like that or on the... Right third floor of a larger building, whatever it is, man. I, I mean, that's, so uh, that's the thing too. Like uh, talk to me a little bit um, about like the lending type of scenario. Let's get started and then we'll go one last break. But, you know, what does that look like for businesses and entrepreneurs when you talk about the CDFI side of things? You know, what is that? Right. Define that for everybody too, if you could. So, yeah. So we are a CDFI community <clears throat> development financial institution and um, you know, I remember when I had to interview for this position, you know, with my board, I told them that, you know, look, I started in our business service group, which oversees our CDI, and I want to um, increase capacity and I want to really focus on our business service group. And, you know, that's what I've been able to do. And we have a team of four and they are wonderful. They're great. Um, I can tell you last year in 2022, we, it was our second best year ever in terms of number of loans. I think we made 25 loans, which um, accounted for almost a million dollars, okay. roughly. Um, average loan size was about $40,000. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it it really made an impact 
to the community. Uh, people call me all the time and said that, you know, you guys really focused on small businesses. And, you know, I, I would say historically, we have probably made, so our CDFI is 30 years old. Mm-hmm. In that 30-year period, we made 128 loans. Mm-hmm. The majority of the loan, I say majority, I think it's somewhere like 110 loans have been made in the last five years. Is that right? So, yeah. so, so again, so it's, it's a real shot in the arm, but, you know, to push and, you know, kind of boost things. But it, I, I think it's like, in terms of the need is there, we know that, we, you know, I mean, when you talk $40,000 loans, you know, I mean, it's even said, I, I think I said it in the opening, you know, these loans could be as low as $3,000. So some of that, I mean, can you give me an example of not using names or anything like that? But some of these are for working capital, right? Like, you know, I think I made a, a kind of a cute, like, joke in, in the video about this. I said, you know, maybe somebody needs a new pizza oven or, I mean, right. is, it, is it like that sort of basic fundamental stuff? Yes. Yes. I mean, and, you know, the thing about our CDFI and, you know, there are over a thousand CDFIs nationwide, but the goal of a CDFI is to make those type of loans that traditional banks will not make. Right. So, you know, we we make loans, you know, credit scores, you know, we've made, you know, loans to people with credit scores in, in the four and five hundreds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we and I, I don't knock on knock on wood, but right. we have, uh, you know, we have a very good, you know, people pay us back. You know, we, right. we but, but again, you're underwriting as well. You're underwriting something. Right. You know, right. I, it's not we, we got to we're up against a break. So we got to take a break. We'll come back in a minute. Well, we're, we're not going to take a break just yet. So, Dylan, hold on a second. But I, I would say there is an underwriting process, right? You're looking at the viability, the sustainability of the business, right? At, at the end of the day, it, it is a lending institution, so you want to get the money back. It's, it's not a grant. It's not a gift. So, so um, And at the same time, you have certain ways you're able to look at things differently than a bank would. You know, banks might say right off the get, right out of the, right from jump, that's not happening because of the, the data you're giving me just says no. Right. But right. this can be this can be managed differently. So um, I, I did kind of put us right up against the break. So let's do that. Let's jump to a break. We'll come back. I really will be the last segment. So I want to leave it all on the field. Justin, I want to just, you know, anything you need, who you want to connect with. I, I obviously, look, I see through the pictures and stuff, you're, you and the organization are connected at a very high level. But that, who else can we connect you with? What are you looking for? Are there corporates? Are there people that you, you'd say, you know, like, just as an example, you said Chipotle's on the first floor there. You know, are there certain retailers that you think would really perform well and would be a good partner? Things like that. So give that a consideration while I go to quick break. Anything like that you want, we'll leave it out on the field. Justin Rogers and Tommy D, Philanthropy and Focus. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So come through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. That is right. That's where I go. Pretty much every day. I walk up two flights of stairs. Right above me is the roof. This is the attic. Your boy Tommy T. <laughs> I'm going to be focused. <laughs> oh, man. I, I try, Justin. I try to make us laugh, you know, in serious times, right? You have to, yeah. Got to, man. And so I, who knew, you know, three years ago, almost to the week, almost to the day that I was relegated to my attic. And I would just go, I'm in the attic, I'm in the attic, I'm in the attic. And now it's like I've been telling people for three years. I, if you're not, if you guys aren't picking up what I'm putting down, three years ago, COVID was like a thing. That's when it started. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I just, I want you to touch on something you and I were just putting in the chat out there. But um, I just want to say really on the website, you know, go to this website. There's so much data here. Greater Jamaica Development Corporation. It, the website is GJ dc.org gjdc.org but i see the real estate is talking about the crossing that you talked about hilton garden inn station plaza you know the, I, it's funny there's a the last thing that says parsons garage rfp it's i remember and it's i know i know i said this to you because it was something that stuck in my head i know i said it to you right around the holidays when we met i was like yeah yeah you guys own garages right like because i think historically i remember through hope and other conversations over the years that was something that you guys own parking garages in uh, in the area. Correct. Yeah. So just a just a quick example of the RFP is is that you know we're, we're taking an asset and then we're trying to spur development. Right. Um, you know something very specific to that RFP is is that as I said before, um, you know almost everything coming online in downtown Jamaica, which is it's incredible, it's almost ten thousand units are all rental. Yeah. So, you know, we want to see home ownership because nationally there's definitely a racial wealth gap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we want to see uh, hopefully 20% of the units in this new project to be affordable condos. Condos, yeah. For people who currently live in the community. Got it. Got it. I, I, you know, because that becomes game changing because that becomes a generational situation, right? A wealth situation, home ownership versus the rental where the money, where did the money go? Well, you know, right. it was rent. So, yeah, so that that's critically important to know. So tell me about um, you did mention something about, you, you know, that CDFI coordination with the chamber. Shout out again to the Queen's Chamber. You want to mention really anything on that? Yeah, we we have a great relationship with the Queen's Chamber. And, um, you know, I spoke to, to Tom and, you know, there's members of the chamber that actually finance it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we created a partnership where we could use our CDFI to help finance members of the chamber as well. Love it. Um, yeah, and you know, look, we have we have enough money, so it's like, you know, we're not shifting money to the chamber and not and taking away from Southeast Queens. We have right. enough money 
And I'm in the process of actually talking to several banks to increase our capacity, our lending capacity as well. So that's awesome. All right, good. So that's good to know. And, and that's good because again, yes, Jamaica focused, but also we got Queens, right. And we want you know, that could ripple out. So, um, all right. So let's talk about what do you need in the sense of how can we help that sort of thing? I would definitely say, you know, we definitely need members in our co-working space, Greater Nexus. Yep. So usually, you know, a lot of, I mean, we've gotten great publicity, but people don't know what's there. And I can tell you when people, once they come into the space, it sells itself. Yep. We have, it's, it's great space. We have great technology in the space um, and it's in, in a great environment to work in. I mean, I, every once in a while, if I have time, I, I work out of that space. I would well. too. I would too, man. I would yeah. think it's because there's got to be good vibes there. There's stuff going on, things happening, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I would say that, and it definitely to promote our CDFI. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying, it doesn't, we don't make any money with um, our money just sitting in the bank. You know, right. we want to lend it out. Right. And in this economic climate, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty mm. and uh, businesses need help. So yeah. I mean, that's what we're here for. We're here to help. And um, Aaron, Vivi, um, Ian and Adam, that's our business service team. They're great. They were great to work with. Um, so let's let's shout out how to get in touch with people while we're talking about that now. Aaron and BB, I think you said how how did like they go to the website? Do they call 718-291-0282? Like what do they do? Go to our website or yep. they, they could actually call the main number and then they'll be transferred to um the team. Good. All right, cool. All right. Um, how about any sort of are there connections that that you've thought about, you know, whether it be a direct specific person or a specific company that you guys like to get into? Again, if you don't have them offhand, it's OK. But I just think if there's anything, this is an opportunity. Yeah, I don't I don't nothing comes to mind um, offhand. Um, I do want to say that, you know, we do have an annual gala. Um, our annual gala is November 15th at a place called Second, which is located on 6th Avenue. It's in walk, within walking distance of Penn Station. Um, our gala is great because it's a great networking event. So, you know, we honor people, but our program is only 30 minutes. I want to find out about networking myself. I don't know much about it. You know, maybe you could te- maybe somebody there could teach me how to do it. <laughs> you're, a great, you're a great networker. <laughs> oh, come on. Go That's on. How we met. Go That's on. How go we on. Met. Tell me more. Tell me how great. But I no, but I love what I, I I had to get a joke in there, but I don't want to miss what you just said. A half hour program, gang, and the rest is schmoozing, network, chop it up, meet the people, trade the cards, build a relationship, right? You know, we all know a lot of events that we've gone to that drag on and on, right? And that's, I think that's critically important and very thoughtful by you and team to realize that that's not the best way to to present. So I want to leave everybody with kind of a final word from you and then a final word from me. So anything you want to share, you talk, CDFI is important, talk Nexus. I came up with an idea. Shout out to my friend, Emma Levy, daughter of and professional photographer and filmmaker, daughter of Brendan Levy. But I'm thinking Emma and I come by, right? We do a Tommy D on location. You and I walk through Jamaica. We walk over to the Nexus. Emma records and maybe we'll make a video out of the whole thing. Not maybe. I think I just made the whole thing up in my head. I think... You know, <laughs> no, I think that no, I think that would be great. I mean, yeah, let's, let's any final words you want to leave before I take us home. No, look, um, 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 we're here as an organization. Um, we're doing really great work, and it's not only me. I mean, the team here at Greater Jamaica is great. Um, and we're we're here to serve the community. So, um, please reach out to us. Love it. GJDC.org. 
Justin Rogers, president and CEO. Tommy D, your guy, the nonprofit sector connector. But I want to leave you with this. The New York City Imagine Awards applications are out right now. NYCImagineAwards.com. Justin, you and your team need to know about that because you guys are making big impact for the community in the borough, uh, in, in, in the neighborhood, but really in, in the city. So um, NYCImagineAwards.com. If you don't understand what that's all about, when you look at the website, reach out to your boy Tommy D. Tommy D at philanthropyandfocus.com and reach out to me anyway. Let's connect. I appreciate you all. Justin, I appreciate you. I appreciate our new developing friendship and relationship. And don't hesitate to text or call. Let me know how I can make it a great day, help you out, that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Appreciate that, Tommy. All right. Very good. Everybody, I'll see you next week right back here in my attic. Later. (laughs) 